I lived in Massachusetts back in the 1980s, we used to listen to an NPR station, a program that played folk music called the Hudson River Sampler. Wanda Fisher, the host, played a rich, diverse selection, and many of the songs made a deep impression on me. I particularly remember one evening down in my little cabin in the woods, and when she played a song called Biko, written and sang by Sweet Honey in the Rock. They began the song by calling out over and over again, Biko's name, Biko, Biko, over and over. And then the lyrics start drawing the line between the anti-apartheid efforts of Biko in South Africa to the 1898 coup in Wilmington, North Carolina, where the elected government was overthrown and over 60 black folk were murdered by white supremacists. I had never heard of Biko before this song, but I felt drawn to learn about him, and he became a prophet to me, someone so passionate, insightful, and inspiring, who called his country to task at the cost of his life. Much of my activism in those days was done with the background music of singers who were the prophetic voices of the times. I'm thinking of Bruce Coburn singing the story of Nicaragua and El Salvador, Joan Baez telling the lives of the immigrants and the imprisoned folk, Jackson Brown calling out the injustice of the International Monetary Fund. Who knew that you could sing a song about the International Monetary Fund, right? This year, we're paying closer attention to the six sources that Unitarian Universalists draw our strength, spirit, and faith from. Last week, during the sermon, I mentioned that we don't have a single sacred text that we use for our understanding of God or how we practice our religion. Instead, we are multilingual, drawing from many sources to create a comprehensive, inclusive faith. A month ago, we explored what we have called our first source. And if you call your memory back and bring it forward to this time, you remember that the first source is this, and I quote, the direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. Today, we are exploring our second source, which is the words and deeds of prophetic people, which challenge us to confront powers and structures of evil with justice, compassion, and the transforming power of love. The words and deeds of prophetic people which challenge us to confront the powers and structures of evil with justice, compassion, and the transforming power of love. I love that this is named as a source of our faith. It recognizes both the voices and the acts of those who have opened, their, opened our eyes and opened our hearts. They don't need to be holy people or even religious folk, but the folk who call out truth in the wilderness. We exist in a timeline 
with our ancestors, those who have come before us, who have begun the work that we intend to continue. As Issei Barnwell sings, we are our ancestors dreaming. Those who came before us didn't imagine that they would save the world on their own. Our predecessors, our ancestors, have always anticipated that we would be part of the work of justice, compassion, and transformation in this world. We are part of this whole process, moving steadily toward healing the world, and our children and future generations will carry on our dreamings. In a poem written to honor Monsignor Oscar Romero, Cardinal Dearden wrote these words, this is what we are about. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces far beyond our capacities. We cannot do everything, and there is a sense of re liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something and do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning. It's a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders, ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of a future, not our own. The end of quote. We are the prophets. So what is a prophet exactly? When I was in seminary, I took a course on the 12 minor, oh, my hands are so cold, I can hardly move. <laughs> when I was in seminary, I took a course on the 12 minor prophets of the Old Testament. At the time, I didn't know that there was a major, there was a distinction between the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and the minor prophets. The primary distinction is that the books of the major prophets are lengthier, and as a result, more is known about them. There were probably many, many more prophets than the 12 minor ones that ended up in the Old Testament, but their writings have been lost over the past several thousand years. What I learned in my class is that these prophets were wildly different from each other. Some believed themselves to be messengers from God, and some were doomsday predictors. Some were priests, while others were political commentators. Others were outcasts, and some were clearly very antisocial and odd people, I must say. And I can't help but mention Hosea who made his life a living parable by marrying a prostitute in order to demonstrate how Israel, like his wife, was unfaithful to Yahweh. Prophecy was not about predicting the future. Prophecy was about discerning current happenings, calling attention to life events and trends, and warning where this would likely lead if people did not change. Prophets were those who spoke out against the political and religious institutions. They called out the leaders of the land, and they called for more moral behavior from all people. Just like the Old Testament prophets, 
modern-day prophets do not belong to a particular faith tradition or ascribe to a particular theology. They can be from any church or no church, any culture or no culture. We are led to deeper wisdom and action by so many who have spoken to the human condition and made the ethical demand to leave this planet in a better condition than how we have found it. Within the UU tradition, our spiritual ancestors were prophetic people. We revere people like Francis David, the first clergy person in the Reformation to proclaim religious tolerance, who famously said, we need not think alike to love alike. We hold up Theodore Parker, the radical abolitionist minister, Ralph Waldo Emerson, a leader of the transcendentalist movement, Susan B. Anthony, who fought for women's suffrage, Norbert Fabian Chapek, who defied the Nazis, James Reeb, martyred in Selma, Alabama in the cause of civil rights, and many more. And we honor many outside our faith who lead us toward justice. We can all recite the names of major prophets, right? Mahatma Gandhi, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Nelson Mandela. And we can list the minor prophets of our times. Who are the ones who speak out against the social and political systems of these times? Who are the ones who take action in the streets and on the land? I spoke of Stephen Biko earlier. I invite you now to shout out the names or type into chat. Who do you believe has been a prophet in your lifetime? Mandela? Greta. Who else? So many come to mind. I think of the indigenous woman in northern Minnesota right now, leading the work to protect the waters of this land in the upper Mississippi headwaters. Winona Leduc, Tara Huska, Taisha Martineau. I think of environmental action leaders speaking clearly about climate change and irreversible damage to the planet. Bill McKibben and Greta Thunberg. I think of those prophets who have focused national attention on our corrupt policing systems, which have led inevitably to mass incarceration, over-militarization of police, the killing of black lives, and the caging of immigrant children on our, at our borders. People such as Alicia Garcia, Patrice Cullors, Opal Tornado, Brian Stevenson, and John Fife. I think of the prophets who have brought attention to how the society has isolated and ostracized those of the LGBTQIA community, those who have called for equality and fairness, such as Harvey Milk and Marsha P. Johnson. I think of those who decry the economic disparity and the overt capitalism that has led to failed healthcare systems, homelessness, hunger, and poverty. I think of prophets like William Barber, Dorothy Day, Liz Thea Harris. We have many prophets among us. These are courageous leaders of direct social action, and these are the people who call for the inner transformation we each need, transformation of our spirit and heart and mind that precedes the transformation of the world. It can't be an accident that our first source leads us to be stirred by the deep mystery and wonder of this existence.
And the second source calls us to heed the words of those calling for justice in the land. These go hand in hand. To fall in love with the world so much that we can't help but be stirred to protect it. Let me close with the words from Reverend Clinton Lee Scott. Always it is easier to pay homage to prophets than to heed the direction of their vision. It is easier blindly to venerate the saints than to learn the human quality of their sainthood. It is easier to glorify the heroes of the race than give weight to their examples. To worship the wise is much easier than to profit by their wisdom. Great leaders are honored not by adulation, but by sharing their insights and their values. Blessed be. Amen.